Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Here's What I'm Seeing, conversations from the front lines of life and leadership. My name is Adam Tarno, and today I've got my good friend David Morrison in the studio with me. David and I have been friends for over 12 years. I'd love to have him on this podcast as often as possible, but he's busy. He's got this, I don't know, this full-time job or something like that. So anyway, he's the VP of operations for Tacala Companies. They own and operate over 300 Taco Bells throughout Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Tennessee, and it keeps him busy. But he made time for me today, and he's in the studio with me today. And so here's what we're going to do. David and I are going to have a conversation about a book that I recently finished called Radical Candor. It was written by Kim Scott. She's a former executive over at Google. So what did I think of the book? You're just going to have to keep listening. So here's David and I with some candid thoughts on Radical Candor. Okay, so David, I have heard about Radical Candor for years, that book. I had this image in my mind of what that book was going to be about, and I thought it was going to be a book that was all about just how to say what you want to say to people, okay? I don't know if you ever experienced this, but every day I wake up, I've got expectations on people. (laughs) Mostly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a way I want people to behave, and then there's a way they actually behave, Right. and there's a gap. Right. And oftentimes I fill in the gap with thoughts and stories as to why they didn't behave the way I wanted them to always, behave. Always positive. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, and so I will find myself walking around sometimes with feedback, unspoken feedback, feedback that I believe needs to be said, but I won't say it, it for lots of reasons, mostly because I'm a wimp and, um, and I want to avoid conflict and... I'm looking at, uh, at Jackie right now because I'm a harmonizer, right? I'm just, I'm a peaceful guy, right? I just want peace everywhere I go. It's also I just, just want... you're lazy. I know. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so there's that. Okay, so, so then this book shows up on the scene years ago called Radical Candor, and I am drawn to that just going, that's what I need. That's right. Right? That, I, I, gotta, I just need to be radical in how much candor I have. People need to hear my thoughts more. They do. That's what they, they need. Do. And this lady's going to give me permission, this... so I'm going to buy the $21 book. Yeah. So I never bought it. Okay. So I never bought it and it was out there. (laughs) Now I'm in a coaching appointment with a guy and he is talking about his desire to want to get better at communicating. And we're talking through some things and uh, his desire for a little more structure to the conversation. And Hey, let's bring in an outsider's voice. And maybe we both can, can riff and talk about it. And I said, ah, radical candor. Let's talk about this. Okay. So we get the book and we start reading it. And in her introduction to, so I guess it's on the second print right now. Okay. In the introduction, she basically says, I mistitled the book, right? Which was a little puzzling to me. And sure. she goes on and she tells these stories about people who have abused the message of radical candor and some of the stories she's getting back and how she's grieved by that. And, and I'm summarizing some of what she said there, but she was like, um, they missed it. This was not the heart of the book was to do this. And so it even made it into a Dilbert cartoon. Is she saying that basically her book was used as a way to kind of bludgeon people at work? Like yes. I'm being radically candid here. And yep. what's, what's, what's her last name? She was big at Facebook. I forget uh, her name. Kim Scott. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, big at Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, Google. Google. I'm sorry. I Something in California yeah. where they do things on the internet. Yeah. Some mysterious um, Silicon Valley. Something where thing. she right. was a big, big deal. And so, so she's saying, um, I wrote this book for for X purpose, which I don't know because I haven't read it in like yeah. three years. I forget. Um, I wrote this book for X purpose. It was used for Y. I'm trying to reset. What was the reset? The reset was, um, listen, you you can't just go around and use this as a as a weapon, 
Okay. Which is funny because the book was originally published with, like this orange cover and this black writing, and it was very kind of like bold. Yeah. So yeah. I, I could even like see it, like even in the imaging of how the book was kind of, I guess, uh, you know, presented to the public, right? It's kind of like this bold, big, you yes. know, like be radical, be candid. And it so, cusses on the cover, okay? Does it? Which okay. was, you know, is very <laughs> is a very big deal now. It says how to become a kick ass boss, right? Which, by the way, I think I go to airports a lot. Subtle yeah. art of not giving an f. Yep. Everywhere. Yep. It must sell the cursing on the cover. It does, I mean, and there's more a, power and so to it's her. a very powerful thing right now. So that's just free Joe Rogan advice. curses a lot, and I think he has a podcast that's successful. Yeah, see, that's why we should curse more. We'll get more downloads. Let's try it. No, not no. not on this episode. <laughs> no. We'll talk yeah. later. But anyway, okay. back well, to the book. And I've already cussed. So it said, <laughs> I just said kick ass. I've said it twice now. So anyway, so she is talking about. Listen, people were using this. This was never the heart of the book. Like the message was this, that's not the heart of the message. She then really quickly said the heart of the message. And I was like, oh, that's not at all what I expected. And the heart of the message was this, is um, to be a great boss, you have to care deeply about your people, then speak clearly. That's the radical, that's the radical candor. And, um, and she says it has to be in that order. And probably there were a bunch of executives and leaders and people out there, probably like me, they were looking for permission to start to just be blunt. They said, oh, here's a book. It's a bestseller. Everybody loves it. I kind of know what I want to do, which is just tell people how I think. And so they were going around abusing it. And the next thing you know, she wakes up and there's a joke in the Dilbert cartoons about how Dilbert's boss is going around with radical candor. And I think even Dilbert was like, I don't think that's what it means. And So what I'm interested in was you said there was two steps, right? There was care... And then clarity, right? Yep. So uh, care about care your people, deeply. Uh, care deeply, and then be clear. Yep. What? It, how does she define uh, care? What What does that mean uh, specifically? Was it just you know, kind of like what a, I really appreciated? Yeah. About What's that it? look like at work? I guess is my question because it's you know it gets kind of those fuzzy emotions make people nervous. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's not complicated. Okay. It's not complicated. Um, Jackie and I read a book about running years ago, okay? Because when before we had kids, we did crazy things like marathons, right? You remember when you had all that time as a kid? Don't so, get me started on things <laughs> I don't have time for, yes. okay? Running is up there. Yes. So I remember reading this book on running, and in the introduction to that chapter, to that book, the guy uh, who wrote it was like, by the way, you may be wondering, how could you write hundreds of pages on running? You pretty much have it figured out at age two. <laughs> I, and I just remember that really stuck in my mind. I was like, yeah, that's right. Why am I reading a book on running? So I think you could that that was very similar to what she would say on care deeply don't overcomplicate this what does it mean to care it means to care right it means you actually want the best for the person it means you actually want to see them progress it means you actually want to be nice to them and uh and work hard with them it's not complicated you know how to do this yeah here's the thing about care is it so easy but for some reason we overcomplicate it at work you know I, i i find myself saying a lot to people if you don't care for your people beyond what they can do for you, they don't care about right. you. Yeah. Say that again. Say that again, because that's good. If you don't care for people beyond what they can do for you, they don't care about you. Yep. Right? And I think we get so wrapped up in business circles about the bottom line and KPIs and all those different things that we are unwilling, and this is probably the point she was making, and you can confirm or deny, we are unwilling to look somebody in the eye and go, I don't care if we make uh, our profitability goal this month. What I'm asking you is this. Do you want to whatever, right? Um, I don't care if 
you hit this KPI that we've all set for the organization. What I'm asking you is just be honest about this. Yep. Um, and, and giving them permission. I'll work, we'll work through the details later. This is not a, you know, lay your keys on the table. Give me your key fob type moment, <laughs> right? This is just a, let's have an honest conversation. And I think we're either incapable of that or afraid of it. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe because of our background, it comes naturally to me. Yeah. I think I make people uncomfortable sometimes because they're like, are you being serious? In the way when you're trying to express care? Because we've, we've been programmed not to say, right? Yeah. We've been programmed to be, no, everything's, when the boss asks, how are things? You say, great. Yeah. And anytime someone tells me something is great, I go, okay, that's, thank you for lying to me. Now tell me what you really think. <laughs> yes. that's, that's my standard line. Yeah. Because I think we've been taught not to be authentic with one another. Now I think Brene Brown, maybe Kim Scott in this case have done a lot to, uh, Simon Sinek maybe have done a lot to kind of make it okay. But even it, it, it's kind of okay in my mind if you're doing a podcast right. or actually in Google's offices. Yeah. But it's different like it, you know, ABC plumbing probably. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, probably. And so I think there's some work to do to get it down to the people that are actually doing the work. You have to, I mean, even just think about uh, what is a very common department at most organizations, human resources. Is there anything more degrading? Well, you know, there are things that are more degrading to call one another, but that just even that right there makes it sound like um, you are a widget. I, I'm thinking Star Wars and all the clone troopers, right? Or the stormtroopers that are out there. It's like you were, everybody's the same. You are a resource to help us make more widgets or to get more things done. And I think what Brene Brown, Simon Sinek, Kim Scott, and probably there's so many others that we don't know sure. are saying you work with people right? Don't overcomplicate this. Yes. The more you care about them, the more you know about them. And I'm not saying you guys have to vacation together. I'm not saying that they need to come over every Friday night. It's probably better if you don't. Probably. Yeah. 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 I'm not, I, I'm just saying, do you actually have a little ounce of care for who they are as a person, what they're going through? That stuff, uh, here would be my wild assertion is I think we're all, we all have, um, a radar system built in that you can tell. I was you about to say the exact same thing. I was about to say the exact same thing. I don't know what it is, but you can spot fake care from a mile away. Um, it's hard to tell somebody that they fake care, by the way. That's a different episode. Yeah. Well, like, have you ever what, met, had that person that you work with? Like, I care about you. And I'm like, no, you bullshit. Don't. Yeah. You don't <laughs> no, care about don't. me. You want me to think I, you care about me, but yeah. you don't. Yeah. Right. And that's where like, as a leader, it's like, I don't know. There's, there's a lot there, but you have to authentically care. I'm sure Kim would say that, right? There's an yeah. authenticity to it. I, I know I've heard Simon Sinek say that before. There's a requirement of authenticity. You have to actually believe what you say when you say, I don't care about the KPI, I care about you. Yep. And the person who you're talking to is going to know instantaneously. So that's step one, right? Care, actually yep. care. Actually care. Deeply care. That was step one. And step two is be clear. Yeah, then speak clearly. Let me say one more thing about actually care because here's what I've noticed. Uh, the way I think about people when I'm not around them has a huge influence on whether how I care about them when I am around them. All right, tell me more. Cause okay, so if I am annoyed by somebody, like say I just had an, a, a bad interaction with somebody at work, they're just you know they're on my team, maybe I'm their leader, and they're just annoying me. If I drive home just brooding over how much they annoy me. And then maybe I tell my wife how much they annoy me. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like having pretend conversations about how much they annoy me. Guess what? Guess the way I'm going to react to them when I actually get around them. You're annoyed. I'm annoyed. Right. And so that could be a, a one way to try to help develop some care is be very, very careful about the way you're, you're talking to yourself about your people when they're, when you're not around 
the folks on your team. Yeah. And if you catch yourself going down a road of just like, yeah, there's another email from them or there, <laughs> there's them doing that thing again, stop yourself, right? Because that stuff really does impact how you treat people when you are around them. So I think that for me, that's like one little way that I can I can know if I care deeply is the stories I'm telling myself about those people when I'm not around. Yeah, what you're saying when they're not around, what you're saying behind their back or thinking behind their back. Yeah, and it's right? thinking, yeah, saying yeah, to not myself. Not just saying, yeah. Um, I think also just asking myself why helps, right? I'll be like, why are they acting this way? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes I can even trace it back to a situation at work where I'm like, well, they're probably really stressed about this because this deadline's coming. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I can kind of give some grace because I learn a little bit about their day-to-day. I'm thinking about their perspective, right? I'm, I'm kind of have, pr- trying to practice some empathy and that allows me to then be less annoyed. Right? Yeah. And I go, okay, that makes sense. I get why that interaction went sideways, right? Um, and it, to, I don't know where we're going here because again, <laughs> I, for, I, I haven't read the book in a while. I think that then helps you with the clarity piece, right? Absolutely, because you, you you know what your thoughts are. You've you've kind of tried to take their perspective a little bit, and now it's easier to ask the right questions, get to the root problem, right? Yeah, is that kind of where she goes? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then I think in in practice, so if we think about this radar that we all have, this ability to know whether or not somebody cares, every interaction you have with somebody, you are either making deposits into a bank account or you are making withdrawals from that account, metaphorically speaking, right? And so the more you care, the more you're making deposits. Now, when you need to speak clearly about something, and obviously if you need to speak clearly about something positive, that's making more deposits. But I I don't think that's what keeps us up at night when it comes to radical candor or the desire to want to coach and provide feedback and accountability. Mm -hmm. We're we're not nervous about providing positive feedback. We're, We're nervous about the... Uh, the little bits of, hey, your breath stinks a little bit type right. stuff, right? Um, hey, your your tone needs changing, your interaction with that person, your diligence. Yeah, you're too slow on your returns. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. That's the stuff that we get nervous about. And what I'm saying is that if you've made the deposits, then when you speak clearly, you have you have some wiggle room to make some withdrawals or or it, it, there's such trust that's established in that relationship that even when you are speaking clearly and it's constructive, it, it does this. It's it's an it's a deposit. They're like they're going. You really care about right. me. And listen, I've had this happen three times. You and I were talking about this last week. I've had this happen three times in my life recently. Where so uh, back in June, I started my own business, and I had three people who I sat down with, and they looked me in the eyes, and they just go. And these are people I have known for years. They have made a lot of deposits, and they just said, Adam, I got to be honest. I don't know what you do, <laughs> right? And, um, and just, so, as a, just as a quick aside, don't forget what you're about to say. Yeah. When you told me this story, you're like, they told me, they, I don't know what you do. I was like, that's so badass. I wish people didn't know what I did. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, there's like a James Bondness to that, like yeah. a Michael, or what's the guy's name? Michael Clayton. Yeah. Like, you are so valuable. We don't know what you do, but just keep doing it. But anyways, that's not what you but thought. it's a terrible marketing <laughs> strategy. It does make it hard to get business. It really yeah. does, yeah. <laughs> and these are people that care about me, and and they want to see me do well. And I think, you know, even Jackie and I were talking about it that night, and she's, you know, saying things like, I'm sure they want to promote you and tell people about you. And I'm like, yeah, well, I hope they do, you know, And but they don't know what to say. And uh, so those were two two conversations with that over a meal. And then I was sharing that story with a third person. And he goes, oh, yeah, my wife asked me the other day what you did. And I said, I don't know. Are, you, I, are you just encouraged that everybody you know is just sitting around like on a Friday drinking wine going, who knows what Tarno does? <laughs> yeah, I and guess. the next guys, it's like Chandler on Friends. You yeah. know, it's like 
Nobody knew what nobody he did. Knew. Something with data processing. Yeah. I don't know. Numbers. Any friends? Breaking. Is this too old? Is no, too old a no, reference? Should I have reference something better there? I don't watch TV anymore. Taylor Swift. Friends is, is the last time I watched television. It's really? True, true right. story. That's good to know. And hey, Taylor Swift is singing about uh, these 90 fads that are coming back. So oh, Friends cool. is good. Friends I'm is good. I'm blessed by yeah. that. There are t-shirts all over now still. Okay, so I did. I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was going to say before. You, Your oh, friends don't know what you do. They say they don't know what you do. Clarity. Clarity. It was so helpful. And, uh, and they made more deposits that day. And so that's just an example. Even though they were telling you something hard, like you just started a business and no one knows what you do. They might as that's well. That's probably a problem, bro. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Yeah. I mean, they, nice they might as well have just said my kids are ugly. And, um, you know, and I'm not saying making, kids are ugly, dumb and not good athletics. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You're like, great. No, I've, I've not succeeded on anything. Okay. And so they spoke clearly. So I think, you know, it's very clear that they care. Then you can speak clearly. And, and I just think that's some of it. And, and so if, if you're like, you're walking around and you're sitting there going, I've got so much I need to say to people, it's not even figuring out how maybe, maybe this is the first step is not figuring out how to craft what it is that you need to say. So their behavior will change. It's maybe start by caring. So David, yeah, how do we care? Obviously, you can go to a counselor. That, that would be helpful. And I bet it really would be. Uh, it would be helpful to try to figure out why is there something in me that just generally doesn't like other people, um, right? Everybody I know who's gone to see a counselor has told me it's an amazing blessing. Yeah. And these, and these are emotionally stable people. So I feel like there's a taboo with counselors that needs yeah. to get be gotten over is why I'm saying that, yeah. right? Uh, and then I've recently told my wife, like, get ready for me to spend some money on a counselor. Like it's coming, like you're going to see it on the, <laughs> you know, the, the debit card or whatever it is, you know, uh, counselor.com. I don't know how you even find a counselor. Um, but yes. So okay. yes, that's one, but that's what, one way. you have, a, you have another idea. All right. I think, um, if I don't care about people, what that really means, or that is an indicator to me that I have lost perspective. Okay. And here's the perspective that I've lost is I am somehow believing that I am the one who's responsible for all of my success. I'm the only one who's getting stuff done. I'm the only one who cares. And, and that is a lie, right? Uh, and so sometimes if you were to take a step back and just like get a blank sheet of paper and a pen, and you were to just go, who has helped me in my life? And if you just started writing things down, I think you would quickly go, oh my goodness, these people have helped me. And even on your team right now, so let's say you're, you're leading a big team and you're responsible for sales for an entire region of, of the country, or maybe you're over sales for the entire region of, a world, uh, of the world, you are not the one out there doing all of it. That's right. Right? You, you are just a player on the team who is interdependent on a bunch of people. So I know for me, one of the ways that I can drive care is when I understand the interdependence that I have on others and that it's not all about me, it helps soften my heart a little bit. So the biggest enemy to care is ego. There you go. That's well because said. Ego is the outsized view of your own importance. Yeah. Right? It's this idea that I'm the man and uh, I'm here because I'm awesome. Yep. And I uh, forget the list you just mentioned, right? I think another way to title that list would, I wouldn't be here without dot, dot, go. dot. Yeah. Because uh, I could look back on my career and go, I would not be where I am in my career without this individual uh, having this conversation or or sponsoring me in this moment or whatever it might be. I can, I can point out those moments uh, that give me some humility to, to care about everyone. Yep. Right? One other thing that has helped me with care. So you can go see a counselor. Uh, you can just remind yourself, keep perspective on how interdependent you are on others. 
A third one is this, is I have never heard somebody's story, like their life story, and not been drawn towards them, right? Because here's the deal, bro. Everybody's life is hard, right? The big lie is that somebody's life is not hard. Everybody is fighting some battle. And you may be seeing some wounds from a battle that they fought that has nothing to do with you, and you may see that at work, and that may annoy you, and then you might start to go, it's just that person. But I'm telling you, if you understood the battle that people are fighting every single day uh, just to make it, right? Just to show up, just to show up with a shirt on and their shoes tied for some people is incredibly difficult. And so the more I have just uh, quit focusing on my story, and if I can listen to somebody else's story and get to know them a little bit, which is going to drive, I, I just notice I care more the more I learn about it. Here, here would be one example of that. Like uh, I'm on this kick right now of listening to memoirs. Uh, of comedians. So don't get too impressed. So um, Martin Short and Tina Fey and Steve Martin are the last three that I've listened to. And a buddy of mine were texting about this the other day because he's written, or that's one of his pastimes. He loves reading these memoirs of comedians. And he said the same thing. He's just like, I, I, uh, I always marvel at what pain they went through in their childhood and how that helped influence who they are today and really helped them see the world in a particular way that makes them funny, right? That was one of their coping mechanisms. And any memoir you read, you're just like, man, I didn't know that was part of the story. I, I just thought they're like, I looked at Tina Fey's life and just was like, oh, it's easy. She's just always been funny. No, it's not. Yeah, she just woke up on Saturday Night Live and was hilarious no. like one Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so... <laughs> or Saturday. Now, I mean, was hers the most tragic story ever? No, but let's not get into that battle, right, on whose is more tragic. So anyway, the more I can learn somebody's story, that helps drive some care as well. Yeah, perspective you're saying is really comes from two two components. My perspective comes from remembering that I'm not the end all be all, right? That, yeah. that I'm interdependent. Um, and secondarily, from realizing that everyone has a story like mine, because that's really what you're identifying with in these memoirs. You're right. Yeah, I have things I look back on and go, that shaped me negatively or positively. That shaped me negatively or positively. And you're realizing everybody's kind of on that same uh, track called yeah. living through the world. I, yeah. I sent a note to my wife the other day. It's like the life is incredibly difficult. Right? You hear stories day after day, like, man, life is tough. Right. And, and it causes you to, uh, to care, right. Yeah. To be kind. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And as a leader, so, you know, people are starting to come back to the workplace now. Um, here, here's one great question you can ask if you haven't been around your team in a year is even just asking them. So what did, what did COVID take from you? Right. What, what did it take from you? Cause it took something from everybody, right? Maybe you didn't get the virus, but, um, but it's still the whole, like the economic shutdown and, and all the, everything that happened, what did it take from you? That's just one way to start to learn stories to hopefully drive, drive care and soften your heart. But the clarity piece, and this is where I need you to coach me because I'll be abundantly clear with people and I'll go, Hey, I want you to know, this is how this works. You're going to walk into this room. They're going to expect this from you. And, and I feel like I'm being too clear. Like I'm giving away the farm, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, I just do that thing. Right. And so I feel like there's a, there's a right and a wrong way. There's an appropriate clarity, right? Yep. There's a, there's a, uh, appropriate level of vulnerability or, or authenticity that you have to give people based on, I guess, role experience, uh, job. And, and so I think there's what, what did Kim say about how to be, what did she mean when she said, be clear? Like you yeah, mentioned your, your friends or right. whatever. It's not in the day to day. Uh, here's how to do your job. Right. I mean, obviously people do want clarity on that and, um, 
and it'd be better for them. To, yeah, they, they want to know more information than less information to get their tasks done and, and get the projects done. This was more on the development side. And so coaching, you've got to train and develop people. You've got to hold people accountable. And then you've, which is, and I like this too. I've just read this definition recently to hold people accountable. All that really means is you ask them to explain and justify their actions or decisions, right? That, that's what hold somebody accountable is. It's just going, hey, tell me, why'd you do that? Or how were you thinking about that? You're just not letting their behavior slip by and unnoticed, or you don't talk about it. I think a lot of times we think hold somebody accountable. What we really mean is punish people for screwing up. And I don't think that's really uh, going to be an effective that's, strategy. That's what I think about when I think about my accountant, right? right? Which yes. is, he's going to punish me. Or the ultimate accountant, which is the IRS, they are going to punish yeah, me. Now the IRS, that's different. They carry guns <laughs> sometimes. So, um, but so you so you're coaching people, you're training, you're developing them, then you're holding them accountable, you're asking them to to justify their actions or decisions. Then you give feedback, which is your reaction to their actions or decisions. Here's my reaction to that. That's where she's talking about speak clearly. So, if you care, you're going to coach and you're going to develop. If you care, you're going to ask people questions. You're going to see something that's a little off because you got some experience. You're going to see something that's off. You're going to ask them, hey, explain that. How are you thinking about that? Now, let me provide my reaction to that. I'm going to speak with clear with clarity right now, and you already know I care. Let me right? candidly speak to you. Yeah. yeah, It sounds like she's a, she's simplifying crucial conversations, right? This idea of like, here's what I saw. Here's what here's my response to that. Now, you're, this is your chance to speak into it. Correct me if I'm wrong, those types of things. Um, yeah, that's a lot different than the title of the book would. What, so, what was her retitle? Or did she say? In no, the, she didn't retitle it. And so now I've, you know, I, it, it started off. Um, I really liked the first couple chapters because they really were focused on how to communicate with clarity and, uh, and how to say people, how to say hard things. Right. So it really was that the whole rest of the book then was basically how to care, how to, how to be that subtitle, how to be a kick-ass boss. And, um, and therefore now I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I got like four pages left in it and I'll say, I think it's fantastic. I really do. I think it's, it's, it, uh, she clearly has thought through this. She's got a great track record and she has managed a lot of people in her life and she's got some incredibly practical things in there. And so my whole conclusion on all of this was the publishers picked the right title because the book sold. That's like, if she just said how to be a great boss in today's day and age, I ain't buying that book. Boring. You're not buying that book. Boring. So she used a really shocking title, got us all to buy the book. And, uh, and what she did is she provided a great product in the middle. Yeah, our there. title, the title missed her, her heart, it uh, but it, it probably caused us to read a book we, we should read. Yeah. Right. Which is, and I think it's interesting what you said that, you know, one third of it is how to be clear and two thirds is how to care, yep. how to communicate care, which probably is a good indication of how much time we should spend on each, each section. Yeah. Right. If you're to your point about deposits. And so, yeah, pick up the book, pick it up. And is Kim Scott sponsoring this episode? No. And really, you know, uh, yeah, we there's some good things in there. You can go to, um, what are those services now that do this, the book summaries? Dude, uh, I saw another service. There's Blinkist. Blinkist that's the, yeah. that's the go-to it's, uh, but there's another one recently. Uh, it's pretty nice. I like those little things. Yeah. Like they'll give you like, you can buy like a set on personal finance and it's like 10 minutes on each book. All right. I was like, I could catch up to a lifetime of being lazy in like <laughs> a week. <laughs> yes. Do you know the name? 
No. All right. I'm Maybe sorry. I'll... I got Blinkist in there. You Maybe next episode I'll so hit up So here's what you Google. Something like Blinkist that's, that gives you a whole set. If they've done their SEO work, then That'll work. they're going to get some hits. All right. So you can go read the book. You can uh, you can get the Blinkist notes or whatever uh, if you want to. But here here be more important. It would be, um, do, do I care? Do I care about my team? And do they know? There you go. Do they like know? Bring them some donuts today or something. Do you know? something. Stop. People love donuts. Yes. Get breakfast tacos. Go to Taco Bell. Do something. Get something for your team. But the more you can communicate care, uh, the easier it makes speaking with clarity on feedback, constructive feedback, the easier it's going to make that. So that's your homework. Do I care? Thank you so much for listening to Here's What I'm Seeing. Never miss an episode by subscribing wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Today's episode, as always, was edited and mixed by the amazing team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all for today, and we'll talk to you again next time.